The following podcast contains adult themes, adult language, and sexual content. We do not own any of the materials we review. Credit is given to the authors at the top of each episode. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Nikki, the local saloon uh, waitress who has a checkered past and is in love with the local sheriff. My name is Emma. I own a bookstore and I never date my customers. But this new guy is pretty cute. (laughs) Here on Dime Store Duds, we find the worst of the worst, the sexiest of the sexiest, and we read them so you don't have to. Finally, you can find out what's on your grandma's bookshelf. So, Emma. Yes. I have a little treat planned for you today. A treat? Yeah, to go along with our uh, book of the week. So, uh, I'll be right back. Go ahead and entertain our listeners real quick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, (laughs) gosh. (laughs) I'm not looking. So, Nikki just went out of, you know, my line of sight, and she grabbed something. From behind a chair. I'm kind of nervous, but I gotta say I'm really excited. So, let's see. I don't really do any kind of stand-up comedy entertainment. So, I guess I'll just talk about my favorite episode of Parks and Recreation. Oh. No, wait. Continue. My favorite episode of Parks and Recreation is when their sister city representatives from Baracoa, Venezuela, come to visit Pawnee, Indiana, uh, for two reasons. One, I love Fred Armisen, and two, I just love... Okay, you ready? Yes, okay. Pause, I'll come back to that on my own podcast, uh, Parks and Rec Summaries. Yes! Oh my god, here she comes! Oh my god, she's... She's wearing a hat. She has straw in her mouth and boots. Oh my god, that cowboy swagger. It's too hot. It's too much. Howdy, madam. Uh, just see, take, because I gotta say you're prettier than Texas morning. Howdy. Howdy, partner. I just gotta say, man, you mom pretty. So, Nikki left, and in her place is very forward cowboy man who's this is dune grass we didn't have actually because it is the middle of winter out here he chews on dune grass it's a little too big i don't know how to chop up this stuff in their mouth but i'm doing it you sound like a cowboy well thank you ma'am i gotta say you're prettier than uh i think he's insulting me now (laughs) Wow, so, very. <laughs> so this week very we are. This week we are going to Great Old Texas. Yeah, Great Old yeehaw. the Yeehaw State of Texas, the state that did try to succeed at some point. So Texas, you still gotta make up for that. You're still currently not making up for that, but you're trying. Because we are going to be reading. Emma, are you ready for this? I'm ready for I'm, this. I'm keeping the accent the entire time. Yes! Okay. <laughs> if you break, I'm leaving. Don't break the accent. Copy that, partner. This week we're reading by Linda 
poor day. The mail order bride secret. Oh no, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> a straight up Western romance. You all know it had to happen sooner or later. Nah, by God, it's happening right now. I. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and describe the cover while Emma recovers from her shock. <sighs> so the mail order bride secret by Linda Bourdais. That's B R O D A Y. Has a man and a woman silhouetted by the setting sun on a plateau. The man is wearing a cowboy hat. He's staring deeply into this woman's eyes. She's wearing a I don't know, it's probably like synthetic dress that looks like it's from the 1980s because I swear I, w- I saw my mom with the same thing, some pictures. <laughs> uh, she's got a nice little updo and they're staring lovingly into each other's eyes. Am I, am I missing anything, Emma, from this cover? Oh, let me see. You're missing one thing. What am I missing? New York Times best-selling author. New York Times best-selling <laughs> author. By God, we got another one. Yeah, doggy, she did it. <laughs> oh my gosh! When you when you put on the accent and literally put on the outfit, I was like, Western. All right, let's do this. Mail order bride. I was not the expecting the mail order bride secret. You gotta give I, a secret in Oh there. yeah, her secret. I wonder what it secret. is. Where is she from? Mail ordered from. Mm. We'll get to that so, because it's also so ridiculous. So, yes, this week we are doing a Western, and y'all, I didn't go to Barnes & Noble for a first time. Mm. I went to Walmart. Oh, yeah. I nice. went to Walmart. <laughs> so, you know, apparently they got this thing called the Harley Quinn section. Ooh. All the books are trash. <laughs> Fantastic. I was able to pick up a couple and go straight to the self-checkout. No awkward eye contact anywhere. That is, I, that is like the way to go. In and out with tactical precision. <laughs> no Partner. Check out. I, <laughs> as a side note, my, when I read the McGregor Grooms, I got it at Target. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the self-checkout. But then I got like a charger and they're like, oh, you have to check out here with this charger. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So close. Cool. <laughs> Just handed my romance novel over. To this tech dude. Here's my charger. Here's my porn. (laughs) You know all there is to know about me now. (laughs) So, uh, do we want to just go ahead and then uh, jump right in? Because this is the all I have planned for the opening section. Yeah, it was. Just to put on a hat, boot, and uh, put some straw in my mouth. Some straw in my mouth. Yes, I'm ready. That's a better opener than I've ever had. Thank so you. I gotta uh, step it up next yes, week. Yes, you do. You gotta, <laughs> gotta bring a whole goddamn tree. Oh, man. All right. Let so, do it. Uh, as always, we are going to start by reading the back of the book. And this is where, the honestly, the magic happens, the beauty of it all. Because mm-hmm. I've just seen the back of the book where anybody is going to really be a window into their author's soul. And this author has no soul. <laughs> this author has no soul. <clears throat> the back of the book reads, When the West was wild, and man's law favored the few, these extraordinary women could be found in the heart of an outlaw. Honestly, yeah, actual uh, description. 
When three young children show up at outlaw Tate Trinity's doorstep, he knows he can't help them. A wanted man has no business raising kids, and yet he can't bring himself to turn them away. And a loss he sends for a mail-order bride he's been writing to, hoping the demure dressmaker will be the answer to his prayers. Demure. Jeez. Melanie Dunbar is nothing like the bride Tate was expecting. She's rough and tumble and hiding not your motive. Dangerous man had taken her sister hostage, and if Melanie wants to see her alive, she's gonna have to betray her new husband. There's only one problem. The more time she spends with Tate, the more she comes to care for him. Yet as the noose begins to tighten, Melanie will have to make the ultimate choice. Save her sister or the man she loves. Dun, dun, dun! Isn't that always the dilemma? Isn't it? Yeah. They start liking the guy. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> but there's just one thing that <coughs> just really bothers me about this back of the book, just besides the entire thing. Our male main character's name is Tate. Tate. Trinity. <laughs> that is so close to Taint. Tate. <laughs> Literally, like, you could be saying... Taint. You Tate. could be. It's so close. It's just like, you could pick something like, uh, and you're one letter off from saying taint all the time. Just go all the way especially, do it. Especially, especially when you're using a southern accent. Tight. You got taint. You got taint. You got taint. Yeah. Tate taint. Tate taint. Tate's taint. <laughs> The promised land. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't handle. Oh, there's so much going on. So there's like these children that come to him. Then mm-hmm. he's like, well, I, uh, raising children is woman's work. I better order a wife. Yeah, that's basically what he does. <laughs> and then the wife's like, my sister is in danger. Mm-hmm. So... I guess we'll just have to learn more about that. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Oh my gosh. It's so, already. It's like, already so a lot, isn't it? Twists and turns. I like. I was reading this in the oh. Walmart uh, little book section, and I was just giddy with joy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that nobody in my town knows me. If uh, anyone ever listens to this episode first. They're going to think that you're, like, a straight-up hick. <laughs> well, uh, then you'll be saying that my accent's pretty damn good, and I will take full credit for that. That's true, that's true. I think my accent's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. It's good, it's good. I like it a lot. So It's very, it's an immersive experience. It's a very immersive experience, especially when you got the hat on, you got the boots on, you got your straw right here. She's sitting very, like, cowboy-esque. She's, I'm, like, very I'm, spread out. I'm doing full spread out. Full I, man spread. I can see why the men like this now, because there's a lot of room right get, here. Get a little stretch. Get going. a little stretch. I can feel, like, the stretch in my uh, hips and the uh, handsprings. Hand now. <laughs> now. Handsprings. <laughs> <laughs> the, <Yes>. accent, <laughs> the accent 
works against you sometimes. I mean, hand. What do I say? What am I saying? Hamstrings. 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 That was the best. Uh, the rest of the can- the rest of the podcast canceled. We're never gonna say anything. We're going to be right. I'm like, I cry. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm crying. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hamsprings. <laughs> wow. And here comes uh, I can't wait Nikki. To meme that. Here comes Nikki with uh, the United States Olympics. <laughs> Uh, team and she's come up with that hand ha- ham spring <laughs> a back ham spring <laughs> a triple ham spring <laughs> she's leading her team to gold <laughs> oh my god oh my god I can't even visualize it what the <laughs> I'm just seeing like a ham on some springs no, it's just bouncing <laughs> Y'all like this? 
Me? Personally? I'm just scared. <laughs> Hamstring. <laughs> Joe, Jesse, and Becky. Joe and Jess are twins, age 11, and Becky is three. She's not potty trained, and this comes up a lot. The children are sent to live with their uncle after their mother and father are killed. What kind of name for a child is Becky? <laughs> Becky! <laughs> Damn it, Becky! I think it's pretty good. Damn it, Becky! <laughs> There's a song. I'm pretty sure anytime a parent names their child, they yell at first. Right. There's this um, scene from Big Mouth where um, it's like a flashback of Andrew's parents in the delivery room. And the mom's like, what should we name him? And the dad's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, Andrew. And he's like, hmm, Andrew, Andrew. And he's like, yeah, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> it's like, exactly Becky, Becky, stop being on the ground. <laughs> Go to the outhouse, Becky. <laughs> it's just as perfect to yell. Becky. Becky. Claire is Tate's sister. She's dead. She was the mother of Joe, Jess, and Becky. Oh, okay. Ava is Melanie's so, twin sister. So they're not just some drifter kids. No. Okay. Ava is Melanie's twin sister. Twins? Mac Dunbar is Melanie's father, a gambler who who raised his daughter <laughs> alone after their mother died in childbirth. Mm. He's a jackass. <laughs> the Bringers, the baddies of the book, 10 mm. out of 10 would slap. <laughs> baddies. <laughs> Kern Bringer, he a, he's like our main dude that we all hate, has a strange obsession with shaving all of his hair off. Leader of the bringers would not pass the vibe check. <laughs> all of his hair? All of his hair. He shaves all of his hair off. <laughs> oh my god, what? And I'm guessing he shaves his balls too. Mm-hmm. I mean his hair. Everything means everything, I mm-hmm. guess. Yo. There's so I'm so like lost in the sauce right now. I can't <laughs> like <laughs> I can't even imagine. Judge Ira McCor. <coughs> Is a bad, mean man who probably would have voted for Trump. Mm. Lucy is Tate's first wife. I want to say Tate. <clears throat> you keep almost saying I it. Do. <laughs> Jack Bowder is Tate's close friend. They definitely have a bromance going on. Mm-hmm. Clay is the sheriff of Hope's Crossing. Roman works for the paper. He's a good boy. Hondo. Tate's other good friend, works as a sheriff in a nearby town. The Trumans own the Blue Goose Cafe. Hmm. And the last more notable people we'll be talking about is the Legend family. They're basically the opposite of the Bringers, a mm-hmm. big powerful family that owns a lot of cattle. All right. And I like them. They're good. They're good people. Good. Bringers, 10 out of 10 would slap. Legends, <laughs> 10 out of 10 would caress their face. Oh, a smooth, soft... Caress. Yes, and that smooth cough, soft caress. Mm-hmm. Bringers. <laughs> Slap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and hop right into this bad boy. And we Yay. have a lot to talk about because I have a lot of tabs. Oh, she does. It's more tabs than I've ever seen Nikki have. 
Honestly, near the end, I kind of just gave up. <laughs> so we are uh, opening <clears throat> up our book, and we get a nice little date here. So we can kind of time track everything throughout history. So it says, Texas Panhandle, summer, 1881. Keep this in mind. Okay. 1881. This is the year that everything's happening. Okay. So we start out looking at our main female character, Melanie. She and her sister, Ava, are currently in prison because they were caught with some bad notes that their father gave them when their father skipped town and they were caught. Ooh. Ava's described to be very weak, and they've been sentenced to 20 years of hard labor. Ooh. So Melanie, she's like, my sister ain't gonna make this. Mm-hmm. So she strikes a deal with the devil, Judge Ira. I'm just gonna keep calling him Ira, because I'm honestly not sure if I'm saying his last name right. I thought you meant the literal devil, and I was like, can we not? <laughs> Isn't there already enough in this book? No, we, we ain't going uh, supernatural this time. That that's a relief. Book. I mean, a Western book, fine. Supernatural book, fine. Western supernatural romance? I will find it. Uh, <laughs> please don't. I will find it. I don't know if I can make it through. So Okay, so not the literal devil. Not the, li- judge not the literal de- devil, but judge Ira. So, she strikes a deal with Judge Ira, and my first note is on page two, and it's just the name of the town that she's in. It's called Canadian Texas. Uh, <laughs> it's not Canada, Texas. It's Canadian Texas. Texas. Was that, like, ever a place? It is. It's it is. a real town in Texas. Canadian Texas? Canadian Texas. There's, like, 2,000 people living there. Like... <laughs> I've, I went through it's and like checked. It's the farthest. Like, yes. <laughs> it is. Maybe like, huh. Maybe it's like, like Canadian it's, Wisconsin. I could be like, okay, no, it's, sure. It's honestly not thinking about it being in Texas. Yes, it is in Texas. But Canadian. the fact. Yes, Canadian. It's mm-hmm. like you name somewhere of a Michigan, Mexican. Texas, <laughs> oh my God, Mexican, you're right. Mexican, Michigan. Mexican, Michigan. That's true. Italian California. <laughs> All right. Why are we naming towns after a nationality of people living in a certain country? Right. Oh Is there God. an America, Fran- American France? American France. Ugh. Is there a Spanish Japan? <laughs> no. <Doubt> it. <laughs> why is what it called? Heck? Why is it called Canadian? Ugh. Why is it in Texas? <laughs> it's so upsetting. <laughs> it is. I was just. I wrote down. Canadian Texas? (laughs) Canadian what now? So, on page three, it's a nice little uh, explanation of what exactly her deal is. So, she's talking to the judge. I've gone through your belongings and seen you've been rotten to that no-good outlaw, Tate Trinity. Talking and being his mail-order bride. He rubbed his cheek. Marry him and gain his trust. Then deliver him and the money he's stolen to me. So this is the deal mm, okay. that she strikes with him. She does this, and then her sister and her are freed from jail, and they're good. They oh, wouldn't be, because, okay. again, this guy is a big, mad, mean man who uh, bought his position. Okay. The judge. The judge. Okay. So she sees no way out of this, so she agrees right. to trick Tate. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to say Tate. 
Just, just go with it if it happens. Honestly, I probably we'll will. do like a count when <laughs> we edit. A little count of okay. how many times times I accidentally say taint and said tape. It's so close. It is. It's so close. <laughs> so she agrees to this, knowing that probably she's going to be double crossed. Okay. And then our next little chat section, we are introduced to our main man, Tate. He is in the middle of a gun, uh, high noon thing. What is it called? A shootout? Ooh, no, not shootout. Right. Duel. There yeah, we go. Yeah, duel. It's a duel at high noon. And he is facing off against Ed Bringer, who is the son of Kern Bringer, who again is our main baddie, doesn't like his hair. <laughs> and he shoots and kills him. Mm. And after he kills him, he is introduced to Joe. Jesse, and Becky. 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 And he's been told that his sister is dead. Now he's got to take care of these kids. Okay. And he's just like, the fuck I am. When I first, when you first talked about it, I thought they were just like some homeless <laughs> kids being like, Oi, mister, you me dad? Like, <laughs> it's like... So he just is like, oh, I have to take in these orphans. But they're like, okay, they're like his his kin. So I guess he has to. But he still can't do no woman work. So. No. And he, he basically says it. He's like, I have no idea how to take care of these kids. Mm-hmm. I need a woman to do it. Because they know. And they, because, yeah, because they know. No, we don't. I have no jack shit about taking care of kids. I would probably kill no them by accident. Instincts. I have no instincts. <laughs> I nearly killed my plant. Right? Oh, my God. I cannot take I haven't watered my plants in weeks. <laughs> They're succulents. They'll be okay. Same. Maybe. <laughs> so, he's just like, I have no idea how to do this. Like, page nine, I literally <clears throat> just wrote down kids. What? What? When is this coming in? Hang on a second. And throughout this book... Tate's uh, personality is so hard to get a grasp of because mm. you're thinking, like, rough and tumbling outlaw, bang, bang, you know, straight up uh, Texas <laughs> gangster, whatever, street. robbing trains, because he literally robbed a train. I was, that's what he's in the most oh, uh, trouble for. Wow. And it's just like, oh my God, it's just, his personality is so hard. To try and get a grasp yeah. of. Because at some points he's just like, I can't take care of these kids. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this. And at another mm-hmm. point he's just like, oh, sweetheart, I love you so much. Oh, come here, Becky. Yeah, basically. Oh. Uh, just like his mood changes on That's a so literal crazy. dime. And he doesn't keep like the same personality throughout the entire book. Right. Like it's hard to get a read on He's Yes. He's him, a, he's a totally. character that has like the hardest personality to try and read because right. you have, like, one expectation of a mm-hmm. outlaw and then suddenly it's just like, I love you so much, kids. I'm never going to, like, leave you, abandon you. And just like, my dude. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if that's, like, um, a romance novel thing or if that's, like, a author who's written, like, a hundred books thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... So... Page 11, we get uh, a description of what happened to Claire and her husband. Claire and her husband had been gunned down by a group of murdering bastards, their remote ranch, leaving the children with no one to take care of them. 
Okay. So that's what happens to them. We later find out that it was the bringers that killed Claire and her husband to try and get through Tate. Okay. I'm going to be so careful trying to say that name. <laughs> Tate. Tate. It still sounds like it, though. It really does. Ah. Ooh. People hmm. who are listening should play, like, a drinking game. <laughs> every time you say Tate. They take a drink. They're already drunk if they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, don't play this game alone. Don't play this game alone. And play it at the hospital. <laughs> Just in case. In the hospital parking lot. So, page 13. <laughs> this is what when it more comes into him not, like, saying, I need a woman to take care of these kids. So, page 13, Jack is saying, some friendly advice. Remember, Jack is his best friend. Mm -hmm. Some friendly advice, Jack chuckled as he held the door. You might want to think about sending for that mail-order bride you've been writing to. She's your only hope. Tate (laughs) ran his hand across the bridge of his jaw and Risa's silent string of curses. He's only been corresponding with Melanie Dunbar for the past month. So, they've only been writing letters to each other for a month. Wow. And letters... In 1881. <laughs> so they've written... They weren't like two... One letter each. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he does. He's like... He's yeah. just like mumbling like... Like, what the heck? Yeah, this is why he's... So pers- angry. This is why his personality is so hard to get a grasp of. Because at one point he's muttering a bunch of curse words to himself. Because like, he's mm-hmm. been saddled with, with these kids. And now he's got to ask this random chick to come out here and be his bride take care of these kids. Right. And then, like, literally the next page, it's just like, oh, sweetheart, I love you so much. Oh, Becky and the twins are my life. Yes! And I love them, and I just want them to grow up good. Oh, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you, this book is a train wreck. Page, what is that again? That was page 13. Oh, no. <laughs> and I wrote down, like... Holy shit, what the hell is happening? <laughs> oh, she really did. Three question marks. Three question marks after that one. <laughs> Page 14. I just like this little description. So he brings them back to his sod house, which is literally a house made out of sod. Ew. Because <laughs> she's like, I don't need anything. I'm a rough and tough and cowboy. I'll just live in a pile of dirt. Yeah. I don't care. Basically. So, uh, Where's Becky supposed to be toilet trained in a sod house? <laughs> exactly. So he's, like, throwing all their stuff into his house. Uh, Tate threw the words over his shoulder while gathering up a couple of empty liquor bottles. Mm-hmm. He stuffed them into a burlap sack along with old newspapers and empty bean cans. He stuffed beans! <laughs> beans! Like, roll that beautiful bean footage. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> Who did he stuff in the bean bag? No, he's he's throwing up, like, a bunch of trash. Into oh, it. I thought he stuffed the kids in a burlap <laughs> sack full of bean cans. I was like, that's an interesting parenting technique. Maybe he really does need a woman. <laughs> Just put him in the bean bag. It's That's where they like it. <laughs> the little goblins, they enjoy the beans. <laughs> Those little goblins. I think they eat the kids, too. 
<laughs> okay. Damn it, Becky ate all the bean cans. Becky, save some for your <laughs> Save some for, for Jess and Joe. And sisters. <laughs> Becky, save the beans, Becky. Becky, save the beans. <laughs> Becky, save the beans. God, <laughs> save the queen. <laughs> God, save the beans. <laughs> Oh my god. It's just, I don't know, I was reading it. I was reading it. It was just like, the author chooses to put some very specific uh, descriptions. Uh-huh. And it's just like, it could have been like, and a bunch of empty cans. But it had to be bean cans. <laughs> like, that's all he eats. That's all, yes, basically he's saying that he only drinks liquor and he only eats cans of just to drive it real home that he is a rough and tough and mm. outlaw and he's got to have him beans. I wonder if he, like, warms him up or if he just eats him cold because he's that tough. I'm, I'm guessing he just takes his, like, knife <coughs> and just <coughs> rams it into the can yeah. and just, oh, bring it up and just, like, eats the beans. <laughs> have you seen, um, Dennis the Menace, the old one? I'm not sure, to be honest. It's from, like, the 90s. There's a scene where, like, this whole... <laughs> This hobo, like, criminal kidnaps Dennis, and then he's, like, making them eat beans by the campfire, <laughs> and he's, like, opening the beans with his knife, and, like, he puts them on the fire, and then Dennis is like, hey, I know a trick, um, you know, because the guy tried to tie him up, and he's like, I, you're not ty- you're not doing this right, and, like, Dennis ties that guy up, <laughs> and then he's trying to feed him beans, but they've been on the fire for, like, ten minutes, and it's, like burning him and Dennis is like too hot <laughs> and it's like the cutest little kid we gotta watch it it was like my favorite movie when I was younger now going back to the beans I don't know beans about you on the fire. but like have you ever just eaten beans uh no even as a vegetarian no no you put them in something right like black beans and that stuff you want they don't taste that good just alone they really don't taste good at all no but this guy's just eating beans just cans of beans. Just cans of beans. Pfft. Culinary arts be damned. <laughs> Tay Trinity don't know culinary arts. He just knows beans. He just knows beans and bean bags for children. <laughs> I looked up a picture of a sod house. Mm-hmm. And, oh gosh. They do look very, you know, little house on the prairie-esque. And I think the only main thing is that they have grass on the roof, and they're like, I don't know, are they built into a hill? Hmm. I don't know, I just know that this sod house has a bunch of beans in it. Just empty bean cans. There's probably not even a toilet in it. No, and what, what's little Becky gonna do? Because Becky... How's she gonna get potty trained? <laughs> yeah, because Becky, right after we get that nice little sentence about the beans, she, uh, what's herself? And the kid, I I swear this kid was this kid was named Becky oh just so he goodness. could yell at her because he says, "Damn it, Becky, you should have said something." <laughs> She's three, Tate. Damn I'm not it, sure Becky. she can really talk to him. She doesn't really talk either. Oh really? Oh my god. Well, I'm sure he's not helping. And the, and sh- poor little Becky, she's just like, sorry. <laughs> Aww. And her twin brothers are just like, we told you she ain't house broke yet. House broke. <laughs> and you ain't supposed to cuss around kids, don't you know? That's awesome. <laughs> like, these kids are just bringing a straight They're up like, flag uh, back. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. 
Next page, he's just like, oh, for God's sakes. And Joe says, are you fixing to cuss again? Are you fixing to cuss again? Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I love I love the, the twins in this book. Yeah. Because they're just bringing the clapbacks constantly. It's just straight sass. That's amazing. They are. They just have straight sass, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And then they go uh, get some breakfast at the cafe. What? There's a cafe? There he is. There's a cafe in this little town. Oh, and like, man. I thought they just ate beans all the time. Yeah, well, that's just Tate, because okay. Tate's a uh, gassy little bean boy. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know, that just kind of stuck out to me, just like, when you think of like a wild western town, mm-hmm. you don't think like, oh, I'm going to go to a nice little cafe, have myself a little spot of tea. No, you think like, I'm going to go down to the saloon, beans. and I'm going to get myself some. Whiskey. Tar whiskey. And warm beans. And warm, <laughs> <laughs> warm beans. Mm-hmm. Bag of beans. And then page 19. So they're having breakfast at uh, the Grey Goose Cafe. And we're getting Great. like... We're getting, like, his switch of personality at this point. Mm-hmm. Because just like a page before, he was, like, swearing at these kids. Mm-hmm. He's, like, getting real stressed. He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And it says, page 18, Tate, what's that? It? <laughs> Tate leaned across the table. Now, one sad word or we'll do this at home. I know you don't want to be here, and we all have to make the best of it. Becky patted Tate's arm. Saw oh. we... Her shy grin twisted into something something inside him. Oh, not you, honey. Tate kissed her cheek. Ew. He's just like... His I pers- can't get a read on it. I know, right? I cannot get a read on this yeah, dude. Yeah, it like makes him seem creepy. It really does. Like, at one point, he's being all rough and cowboy and shooting people up. The next minute, he's just like... Oh, not you, sweetheart. Not I love you, you so Becky. much. Not you, Becky. Oh, Becky, I can never be mad at you. Jeez. And then page 19, uh, Joe is the little boy. <laughs> I would not say he'd be a uh, good little feminist. <laughs> because he says, maybe you should think about what the sheriff said, Joe suggested. Which part? Jack had been... Pretty free with advice and seemed to be delighted in, in Tate's predicament. You're sore and ignorant about raising kids, and a woman knows what kids have to have. You need a wife. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know jack shit about kids. <laughs> right? What the heck? Like, <laughs> that is why you have to start kids on that respect women juice early. Or else you'd be getting little Joe up, uh, age 11, going around with... Mister, you need a woman to do your housework mm-hmm. and watch your kids mm-hmm. so you can go rob train cars and eat more beans <laughs> yeah, alone. And I don't know. I was just something that I, uh. Oi, mister, you me dad. <laughs> Oi, mister, you me dad. <laughs> you need a woman in your life. And then, uh, page 21. This is another just really weird, uh. Detail? Yes, thank you. Detail mm-hmm. in here. Because he's like, I need to figure out a place to stay because these kids be can't stay in my bean house. And they run in, <laughs> yeah, They run into the priest mm. of the town. His name's Brother Paul. And Brother Paul is just like, Mr. Trinity, 
I'm glad I ran into you. I heard about your unexpected dilemma. I'm happy to move out of the church and you can live there until you find suitable lodging. Oh, wow. That's really nice. No, but here's the thing. No priest is going to move out of their church because right. they were sent there by the church to be the priest of that town. Oh, That's right. their home and they don't have any like money or anything to make accommodations for themselves. Right. So it's just like... I do not see, honestly, see a priest moving out of their home no. that was basically given to them probably by, by their diocese or whatever mm-hmm. to be the priest of this town. Right. Like, I can, being I, a priest is basically like, oh, uh, you get room and board and whatever else. But, like, that's probably the main part of it. Yeah. I mean, I could see, like, <coughs> I could see, like, a priest being like, y'all can stay with me. Right, yeah. I ain't gonna move out, though, but y'all can stay with me until you find some other suitable living conditions. Right. I've always wanted to ride the rails. <laughs> y'all can move in the church, but you have to hold service every Sunday. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Taint. <laughs> Damn it. Taint. Father Taint. <laughs> That just threw me off a little bit. And then we learned that his, that Tate's father was a fire and brimstone sort of preacher before he left home. Your father was a fire and brimstone preacher. Yes. Preacher. Preacher. Yes. <laughs> and, but they figure out that they're just going to stay at the local hotel because apparently Tate's has a lot of money. Okay, so they're staying at the uh, hotel and we get a nice little... Description about what the boys are doing, and basically they're causing all massive trouble. Mm. You know, being little kids, running up and down the hotel lobby, screaming all hours of the day, just making really want kids, basically. <laughs> and Tate is getting to, like, the end of his rope. He doesn't know what to do with these kids, so he's just like, you know what, I'm going to dump them on the priest for a hot second, and let the priest preach at them, and then so they can lose their will to live. <laughs> Beat the joy right out of him. Mm-hmm. And then he asks, he picks up the kids and they're acting a little bit better because they had Jesus shoved down their throat for a little bit. <clears throat> I should know I went to a Catholic school for a long time. <laughs> and he asks them, can you describe, like, who killed your parents? A little description of who the kids are saying was there that night trying to murder them and their parents. Oh, God. I didn't know the kids saw it happen. They didn't, they didn't see them die. They okay. just sort of saw them coming and then they took off. Oh, okay. And then page 29, uh, Tate realizes that Melanie Dunbar will be arriving tomorrow mm-hmm. on stagecoach. Wagon training. Wagon train. They just keep wagon training. Oh, my God. Okay. So... Next few pages, Melanie arrives, 
And page 31, we get a nice little blurb that says, Melanie Dunbar possessed the kind of charm that warmed like summer rays and made him feel all man. Oh, gross. All man, Emma. All man. All man. <laughs> winky face, winky wink. La, la, la. Yawning and stretching things. No. <laughs> That's like such a thing, I feel like, is like her. Uh, like in uh, the McGregor grooms, like every single story, there was at least one point where they were talking about like her all female scent, like yes. her perfume or something. But like it was all female, or like he's all male, and it's like, yeah, why? Then we say that Kermit is the ultimate man. If we're going off that logic, me? No. Like, he smelled like soap and that sort of stuff. Um, Irish Spring? Irish Spring. Kermit? Kermit. Oh, Kermit the dog. Kermit the dog. I thought you meant Kermit the frog. No. <laughs> yes. Kermit the frog Oh, here. man. <laughs> that, that, you know, Irish Spring zesty smell of Irish Spring at my parents' house right now that I'm using. That's a nice soap. It is. It does smell really good. I, I'm an Irish... <laughs> I'm an Irish Spring stan. <laughs> So page thirty three, uh, thirty two. Okay. Uh, we re- we uh jump into Melanie's eyes for a section, and she sees Tate for the first time, and she's just like, "Oh shoot, I've seen this guy before." <laughs> oh no! And we, he's described through her eyes. On the outside, Tate Trendy appeared every bit the lethal outlaw she once glimpsed aboard the train he was robbing. Mm. That'd be nice. Like, so could you like imagine you you're on a tender date, <laughs> and you go up to the guy, and she's like, like, "Hey, are you Robert?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm Robert." And you you, you get a good look at him, just like, "Hey, you robbed me last week." <laughs> oh, dude, you mugged me in the streets. <laughs> You were the mugger who took my wallet. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, can you imagine? But he's all man. But he's all no, because she's making him feel all man. Oh yeah, you know what that means. How awkward do you think it would be to have a conversation with someone who robbed you? Oh my gosh, I don't know. So bad. It's like you walk in. So bad. You walk in and be like. So what'd you do with that uh, $20 I had? Because I'm a millennial who actually doesn't care money anymore. Right. It's like, um... And I canceled so... all my credit cards right after you stole it. Right. How was that? Was that good for you? Did you like that? Actually, uh, strike that. I had $20.25. I was saving that quarter. Listen, that's my Aldi quarter. You really screwed me over, man. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to search my uh, cup compartments to find another quarter? I couldn't find one. I had to hope that someone would offer their cart to me. I had to stand outside the Aldi's shopping center just like... Spare cart, ma'am. Spare carts, ma'am. Spare carts, ma'am. And finding this nice old woman who I thought was going to yell at me, but she didn't. So my day was already a 
up and beyond. Gave me her cart, and she's just like, oh, sweetheart, here you go. And I cried. I said, ma'am. You don't know how much changed me. Ma'am, I got mugged last week and this man took my Aldi quarter. (laughs) I didn't have an extra. I didn't have an extra. I'm a millennial. I have one quarter and that's just for Aldi. (laughs) I got one quarter. (laughs) I got one quarter and it's my Aldi quarter. Hashtag Aldi quarter. Hashtag Aldi quarter. Get it turned in. Let's get hashtag Aldi quarter <laughs> trending to benefit Aldi and not us. <laughs> hashtag Aldi quarter to benefit anybody who's been mugged and then oh, saw yeah. their mother on a Tinder date and had to try and get their Aldi quarter back. Cause All- that'd be like my first instinct. All proceeds go to that very specific quarter. Quarter. That very specific scenario. Mm-hmm. It's gonna happen. <laughs> hashtag. However, you make money off a hashtag, we're gonna do it. I don't think you do. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> Donate to our Patreon. <laughs> Please give All us a quarter. All proceeds go to <laughs> funding that one quarter. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. We can do it together. So Melanie gets off the <laughs> cart. She says her little blurb about seeing him after he's robbed a train that she was on. Mm. And then they have a nice little talk about, like, are you actually going to marry me? Or are you going to get back on that stagecoach and get on out of here? Mm. Of course, Melanie's got not going to do that because she has an alternative motive to get her sister Ava out of jail. Right. So she's not going to be leaving. And page 42, like, the dialogue in this book... It's trash. <laughs> it's not written like how people actually speak. Right. Yes, that's the best. Those make the best books. Oh, it, mm. <laughs> it It's so fun for me, though. So they're talking about, like, what do we want for this future? What's going to happen? What Like, what's going to happen with these kids? And this is Tate. Oh, God, I keep wanting to say Tate. Tate speaking. He says, I realized I want much more. I'm tired of the loneliness, tired of wake, lying awake in the dead of night, with only my heart beat pounding in my ears. I want someone to share my life with. The sunshine, the storms, the days when everything just seems about perfect. In all honesty, I like you. I want a home and a companionship. Okay. <laughs> Two things. No one talks like that. <laughs> right. And, like, if you're laying in bed and you can hear your heartbeat pounding in your ears, I think that's a problem. <laughs> laying awake at night, hearing only my heartbeat pounding in my ears. I think he's got anxiety. Sounds about right. Yeah. Either that or he just got done jerking off. <laughs> he got his heart rate up. <laughs> oh, man. And also, like... The days where everything seems perfect in my bean house. Get on in this bean house, girl. <laughs> girl, woman, if you know what's good for you, get on in there and open me up a can of beans. <laughs> so, 
we have a nice little blurb of no one actually speaks like that. <laughs> and you know sometimes when authors are searching for another word besides say, suggested, you know, yeah, those little uh, idioms, you start going to uh, the dictionary and just like, what is this synonym for say? Yeah. Yes, I know. You oh, get this God. nice little blurb. Oh, no, I'm not ready. Okay, I'm ready. This is Melanie speaking. We hope it won't be a problem. Melanie purred. She stared up at Tate, and he choked on his spit. I can't wait to be part of this dear, sweet man's family. Ew. She purred. She purred. This won't be a problem. Like, how, how do you... Okay, hang mm-hmm. on. Let's try and say mm-hmm. that sentence. The purr. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Uh, you go first, and then I'll... I don't even... Okay. Or I can go. Hang on, let me try to fade this out. I'm scared. How do you? How do you? No, how do you purr saying a sentence? I don't think you really do. Is it like really seductive? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, let's do it. We hope it won't be a problem. That's pretty good. Yeah. We hope it won't be a problem. What? Meow. <laughs> 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 The meow is the most important part. We meow, hope, meow, it meow, won't meow, be meow, a problem meow. <laughs> Alright, we do one like that. I'll do it like my cat. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so possessed. <laughs> you need to move it to the church. <laughs> by the way, trying to get their wedding set up for that night mm-hmm. when she purred. <laughs> so we get on page 46. Tate is talking about how his mother's land was taken from her by the government to build a railroad track. Okay. Through the power of intimate domain. Okay. So, you know that law? 
Um, is it with, if you, like, move out, they'll give you, like, a plot of land and, like, an amount of money? No, that's part of Manifest Destiny. Okay. Um, page 46. The powers, i.e. the government, <laughs> that bestow the property outright never gave Ma or my friends one cent for their land. Okay. Okay. The law of intimate domain mm-hmm. states that the government can take your land from you for the use of... Uh, public service, like yeah. a railroad. Yeah. But the government must pay that person a fair market value price for their land. Right. That goes along with Article 5 of the Constitution, which was ratified in 1771. So you can't give me that bullshit. Right. That you didn't get any money from it because the government literally has to give you money if they're going to be taking your land, if they're invoking the law of intimate domain. Okay. Bitch, come at me. <laughs> Get educated. <laughs> Get educated. I'm switching this podcast from comedy to education. <laughs> History. History. <laughs> like, you will... Mm, yeah. If you're going to be using a law, mm-hmm. then you have to use the law correctly. Right. So you have to, like, at least know, you know... So do not be giving me that bullshit right. that she didn't get a cent for her land. A more likely scenario... Was that the land was given to her brother. Mmm, okay. And then her brother got all the money, and then uh, she didn't get any. I see, okay. Alright, do not be saying to me that if you're invoking the law of eminent domain, that she ain't getting a cent, because the government has to give you the money that you are owed. Right, exactly. Because I should know, because my great-grandfather's land was taken from him oh, through really? eminent domain to buy, to build the highway. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. He got shit ton of money from it. Oh, all right. All right. Wow. Author, come at me. Come at me. Debate me. Debate me. Battle royale me. I literally have it written down here. Fifth Amendment ratified. Seventeen ninety one. Yeah. All right. Do not be trying to do that with me, cause I. Uh, you can't play no tricks on me. You can't play no tricks on me with the law of intimate domain. Page forty eight. Citations. Citations. 48. This is another thing that upset me. Again, like, with the specific details that the Mm -hmm. author gives. Right. So, she's getting ready for, like, her little wedding Mm -hmm. that they planned. Also, that... Going back to their little plan for the wedding. They're having it on a bluff. And they're gonna... The priest is gonna marry them on a bluff. At this point... Um, I think only a couple years ago that the church changed this law. Oh, okay. But for the church to recognize your marriage, mm-hmm. you had to be married inside the right. church. Right. Oh, okay. So I don't know what they're doing on a bluff <laughs> outside of a church getting married yeah. if you want the church to recognize your marriage. Right. Because it has to be, like, before the yeah. eyes of God and the eyes of God, at that point, according to the church, was inside an actual church. Right. Hmm. So that yeah, because isn't it like a marriage of kind of, kind of a marriage of convenience kind of a thing mm-hmm. for them? So yeah, wouldn't they want it to be as legit as they could get it? Mm-hmm. But like, also they're making it like romantic and being outside on a bluff. Weird. Looking over the chasm or whatever. <laughs> the chasm. <laughs> Looking into the abyss. Wait. Does Texas have bluffs? I don't even know what a bluff is. Is it like a field? 
No, it's like, um, plateaus. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I don't know what they do. Like, look up Northern Panhandle, because that's where they're at. <laughs> America's Panhandle is ranked from 1 to 10. <laughs> that's funny. I don't know. Is there only one? No. Florida has a panhandle as well. Yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I'll just search plateau. Mm. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Okay, so they do have some plateaus. This is on the Wiki Voyage website. Wiki Voyage, a very trusted and reputable <laughs> site. Wiki Voyage. <laughs> I'm citing Wikipedia <laughs> in the footnotes of my podcast. Okay. So, again, with, like, the strange little uh, details. Mm-hmm. Page 48. Melanie put on her good dress that afternoon, a simple low-cut peach muslin that hung off her shoulders. Muslin. Do you know what muslin is? Um, I've only ever seen it in, like, baby cloths. Like spit cloth, like spit up cloths or whatever mm-hmm. muslin, or like a like a you know swaddling thing. Muslin it is like seem... muslin's a very thin, cheap material. Yeah, it's used to make dress mock ups. Oh, okay. So like <laughs> the rough <laughs> sketch of the dress. Yeah. So what uh, are you doing wearing a dress made out of a material that's used to make mock ups of dresses? That's gonna be used. That's gonna be used for more richer material. Right. Like I don't know if like that material is gonna be very like durable no. because it's mainly used to like make mock-ups. Right. And that's the that's only thing weird. that I've ever really heard muslin being used for. Yeah. And like it doesn't seem like the stuff I've seen in muslin doesn't. It's not. It doesn't seem very like. Seems yeah, really thin and mm-hmm. like almost like. You can see, like, the stitching, like, together. So, I can't can't say, like, maybe it was different in 1881, but all accounts of muslin that I've seen Mm -hmm. today has been used to make mock-ups of stuff. Right. Because it's, like, a cheap material. But, yeah, maybe it was, like, a a Wild West kind of... No, I don't don't even think it would have been. Just say linen. Yeah, come on, linen. Linen was a very, it was and still is a very popular uh, choice of fabric. It was cheap. Right. And it would have been, like, I would have been, like, yeah, a linen dress, of course. Very lightweight. Go ahead. Go right for it. Exactly. Uh, This looks like a nightgown. Mm. Well, this is, uh, this is cotton. Cotton muslin. I don't know. I don't know. It's Whatever. Just, it was just a weird little, like... It's a weird throwaway detail that yeah. she was just like, I don't know, muslin, I guess. Just say linen and... Right. Cotton. Cotton would have been much, much easier to say. It's just, I, I read that, and then I, like, stopped, and I texted my friend whose mother mm-hmm. works as a seamstress. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, can you wear muslin? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. I'm just like, text your mom right now. Can you wear muslin? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> I need to know this right now. She never got back to me. Oh. She just texted her mom right out, right? <laughs> right. Call her live on the podcast. 
Jody, <laughs> can you actually wear muslin? I don't think you really do. Okay. So they're married and they have a nice little reception afterwards. That was planned in like three hours. <laughs> Literally all the time that they gave. Wow. And they go to, you know, have a little sexy time. Oh, consummate. Mm-hmm. And they give the kids off to, like, another couple in town just to watch for the night. Mm-hmm. And page 62. Mm. Oh, no. Tate slid his mouth to hers and gave her a tongue-thrusting kiss. Ugh! <laughs> what? I wrote down thrusting? Tongue-thrusting? Tongue-thrusting. <laughs> <laughs> Like a super intense lizard Just kiss? mopping all oh. over? I don't know. Is your tongue like, are you that scared that your tongue's just like darting in there? Disgusting. Oh, gross. Maybe, maybe now, maybe now, maybe now, and out, and out. No, yes, no. It's just, again, the verbiage in this book Yeah. very strange. It honestly is like, oof. And just, Stomach turning. Yes, thank you. And just as they're about to get like to the uh, the little sexy bit, mm-hmm. they're of course interrupted by a knock at the door saying that, "Hey, Becky just fell down some stairs. <laughs> God damn it, Becky! Oh, Becky! Becky! <laughs> she fell down some stairs. Yep. Oh, poor Becky. So the little Becky is in Doctor." Mary's clinic. The only okay. doctor in town is a woman, which oh, that's I nice. Like. That's cool. Yeah, and I went back and fact checked, and yeah, at that point, women were becoming more. Uh, that's awesome. Noted in the medical world, especially if you're somewhere in the wild west, right? That like you're not really sticking to your social norms. <coughs> and we find out that Doctor Mary she has a necklace. Where she keeps all the bullets that she's pulled out of people. Oh my god! And she just like every time she pulls a bullet out of something, she adds it to her necklace. That's pretty badass. <laughs> that is. That's so like funny. honestly, like Dr. Mary, hell yeah, yeah she's awesome. Yeah, she seems cool. It literally says right here: sunlight through the door glinted off the necklace of bullets fragments around Dr. Mary's neck. <laughs> Again, That's awesome. the, the like the weird details that the author yeah. decided to just throw right in there. That one's cool, though. She just, like, wears it while she's, like, looking at patients. You too. like my bullet necklace? So. You see this one? I got this one from you. <laughs> this is yours. This does a little blunt on it. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so, we find out that Becky's okay. Like, okay. their sexy time was ruined for nothing. God damn it, Becky. God damn it, Becky. Becky! Becky! Come on. So, they decided to go to the cafe to get some breakfast, and sitting there, and this is the time that the twins bring out the little grand plan that they're going to start trapping animals. Oh, interesting. So, Tate's just like, why the hell are you going to, like, start trapping animals? What are you going to do? Are you going to kill them? Right. And, like, this sets Jess off. He's just like... I wasn't going to kill him. I don't ever want to be like you. You're not going to kill him. You're just going to trap them. I know. And mortally wound them. 
And then on page, so they like run off because they're like, ah, <laughs> my feelings are hurt. Oh gosh. And like Tay's just like, what's going on here? Like I just I want to know if you're going to kill these animals that you're trapping. Right. Because like usually at this point, like in history, if you're trapping an animal, you're gonna kill it. Right. Like its skin or whatever. Right. Right. So Tay's just like. I have to go find them and try to fix things. I shouldn't have lectured them about the traps before I knew what they had in mind. Hell and be damned. Hell and be damned? Hell and be damned. Aw, oh, hell and be damned. Aw, oh, hell and be damned. But I'm just like, I'm just like, for once, I actually agreed with you, Tate, that like you should lecture the kids about trying to approach and trap wild animals. Right, and then he's like, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should just let these kids go mess with a raccoon. Right. Because we find out that these kids are trapping these animals because they want to put on a circus. Oh, my God. Tate's really dropping the ball on raising them. So they're going to be, like, manhandling a bunch of wild animals that they're trying to trap and train. And it's just like, no, for once, you're almost doing the right thing of being like, no, don't mess with these animals. You're going right. to get hurt. You're going to get rabies. <laughs> you're going to get rabies. Give it to us. In 1881, <laughs> if you get rabies, you, you death sentence. <laughs> so he goes up to this little area where they're hiding out. And he's just like sort of standing there waiting. And it's just <laughs> page 67. He stood there. Legs planted wide. Like, oh my gosh, that cowboy. Howdy, partner. Excuse me, let me just go ahead and plant my... Yes, exactly. Yes, no, wider. Wider. Can you do the splits? No. <laughs> yes. Ah, 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 I'm falling! <laughs> Too slippery! <laughs> I imagine it wasn't exactly like that. It's just... Legs, plant, legs planted wide. Hey, what are you kids doing? Hey, what are you kids doing out here? Hey, you trying to make a circus? You trying to make a circus while I stretch out my hamstrings? <laughs> I gotta get that good hamstring stretch. <laughs> gotta get that good hamstring stretch. <laughs> again, like, the weird little details that the author likes to throw in there. Oh, it's just, it's a really funny, like, visual to me. Yes, it is. <laughs> he's, like, walking up on them and he's like, hey. Hey, you! Want to see me do those splits? <laughs> do you like this? <laughs> do you like this? <laughs> Is that good for you? Goes up to Melanie. Leg, legs kind of wide. You like this? <laughs> <laughs> you like it? You like it? <laughs> Please say yes. <laughs> it's actually starting to hurt. Yeah. I'm falling. Okay, so after that little section of legs planted wide... <clears throat> Tate's able to bring the kids back home after having a nice little heart-to-heart. Again, bonkers trying to get this guy's actual mood. Right. And we find out that he's about to ride out to try and find the killers of his sister and brother-in-law. And at this point, Melanie just finds out, like, hey, this Mm. guy's going to be gone, so I can start looking for where he hid the money. Ooh, okay. So he leaves, and she she goes out to his little sod house, his little bean house. <laughs> and we finally learned, like, how much he stole, which was $50,000, which, if you translate that to current USD, that's $130, 30, $1.34 million. Whoa. 
So he, wow. he did. He stole. He, yeah, he, he stole did a lot of money. Dang. So she's looking around trying to find this money, and she's peels up a board, like from a box, mm-hmm. and it's full of women's clothes, like a shawl that's been bloodied, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" Ooh. Yeah. Not a good sign. Not a good sign. You never want that in a man. No, you don't. Secret bloodied garments. <laughs> Secret bloody garment. So she finds that bloody garment and she's just like, who is this man that I married? Like, did he kill somebody? Did he, right. kill, did he kill, like, his ex-wife? She doesn't know. And she goes and talks to the other women in town. They're like, no, he's actually a really good man. He only shoots in defense. Mm. Yeah, okay. Likely story. Likely story. I mean, he did rob an entire train car, $1.34 million. Oh, there's going to be something creepy about the bloody clothes. Even creepier than murder. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) That look. (laughs) So, like, she's reassured that he's fine. He's okay. She goes to the post office because she's got a package. Mm. She opens up the package, and it's a bunch of hair. (laughs) <laughs> from her sister? And a pulled tooth. Oh, so it was a warning from the judge. It's like, you need to get on this because I have your sister and I've already harmed her oh. by cutting off all her hair and pulling out a tooth. Uh-huh. And she's just like, if you don't start getting, getting along, the next thing's going to be a finger or an ear Ooh, or wow. a tongue or something. Ugh. So she's freaked out and she's like, I need to kick this into overdrive. I need to find this dude's money. And I need to get my sister out of there. And then we switch back over to Tame. Tame. <laughs> God damn it. Drink. Drink. <laughs> Tate, who is searching through his sister's house, trying to figure out clues. And we come to realize that his sister was actually tortured before she was killed. Oh. Like, she was cut up all over the place nearly her arm was nearly taken off she was beaten oh my gosh and like the author does like goes really hard at making Kern to be such a really bad man Mm -hmm. you know almost to the point that's almost comical oh really yeah cause you're just like yeah this this is this is a bad guy and he's just like taste oh my god drink (laughs) <laughs> Tate he's wondering how this guy's hiding from me and we learned that Richard Markham who is the railroad owner who he stole the money from is protecting him and this will come up at the very end and honestly we're getting through like these tabs pretty quickly yeah we are how do you feel? Oh, I feel mm, I feel very like it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. I feel like, you don't know how you feel after you, like, binge watch, like, a season of, like, something on Netflix. So emotionally numb. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I'm starting to feel. But I'm just, like, this is seriously one of the most fun books that we've done, I Really? Think. I've it enjoyed it so much. I know that's, like... What, that's how you know. Like, if you hate reading it, then it's going to be, like, so funny and fun to talk about. So, we learned that why Kern hates Tate so much. Mm-hmm. 
Don't drink. I said Tate. <laughs> Tate. Tate. <laughs> and Han- Hondo was with him at this point. It's just like, Hondo. Hell, all this is making my brain tired. Tate. Same. God damn it, drink. <laughs> brain tired, same. <laughs> Tate. I never heard what happened between you and Kern to cause such hatred. I crippled him. Vivid, vivid images of the day race across Tate's memory. I clubbed him across the knee with a rifle during a fight to shatter the bone. I was protecting a young, young wi- widow he had taken a shine to and holding her against her will. So again, really hammering it down that this is our bad guy. This took is a our... young widow. Yes. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, it drives the point home for sure. It's for just sure, everything sure. Everything that, you, like, a 14-year-old mm-hmm. writing their first fan fiction would think of to make someone seem like a really <laughs> bad person. Yeah. Oh, he shaves all of his hair off. <laughs> he walks with a limp. Ooh. He went after this poor little widow. <laughs> and of course my main my my hero has to save the widow and oh suddenly they're in a huge fight. And it's just like <laughs> Also the dialogue is written like that. Right. Dialogue is written like a fourteen year old writing the first fan fiction and I should know. <laughs> oh, from experience? I'm not gonna <laughs> Ooh. You're never gonna the find it. The fanfic lives somewhere on the internet. You will never find it. I swear to you. I will find it. No, you and, won't. Or I will die trying. You don't even know what genre of show it was written about. No, I don't. Take a guess right now. Uh, I can't. Do it. You're 14. Yeah. Oh gosh. <clears throat> I know that your friend. Wrote Invader Zoom fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Was it? Okay. No. Hmm. 14-year-old Nikki. What would 14-year-old mm. Nikki want to write fanfiction about? It wasn't Twilight. Mm-mm. <laughs> what did I like when I was 14? Mm. High School Musical and stuff. You didn't like that, I'm sure. No. I don't know. Fanfic about, like... Bram Stoker's Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty on brand. (laughs) It would be. Tell me. No, I will. Tell me off the podcast. If we ever get to like a thousand listeners, Uh, I'll give I'll give you the show. Oh, okay. It's a show. It's a show. TV show. But I swear you will never find it. I don't even need to find it. I just want to know what show it is. Mm-hmm. So if you guys don't tell ten of your friends to listen to this podcast, we will never know the show. And I have to know. It's bad. It's bad? No, I love the show. Oh, I thought you My said, writing oh, was bad. you said, oh. No, I don't even need to find it. I just want to know what show it is. That would be enough. So we learn... Uh, who killed her, why they have this huge rivalry and everything, mm. how Claire was killed because he tortured her. Uh-oh. And we switch back to Melanie, page 108. We get this nice little blurb. She wakes up alone in bed because Tate, didn't say Tate, Tate <laughs> isn't there. Didn't say it. <laughs> she drew his pillow to her face and inhaled his scent of wild sage. Leather 
And all man. And all man? Yes. What does that mean? Kermit. Hermit? Kermit. Kermit. Oh, an Irish spring. So again, Ugh. the all man makes Sage. a rear again. All man. All man. Like an all male scent. Like, I mean, if she's talking about leather and sage, I don't know, B.O. <laughs> what's, the, what's an all male scent? Oh my god, that's so awful. Uh, I hate thinking a about cow- it. No, okay. Outlaw, living in Texas, all male scent. Can of beans. <laughs> Freshly opened can of beans. Freshly opened can of beans. I'm going to go with that then. Cold beans. Cold beans. <laughs> with no seasoning. So basically, they smell like dirt. So Tate, oh my god, drink. <laughs> Tate comes back and they have a little fight because she's revealed that she knows about the bloody clothes. Mm. Which we find out was actually his first wife, who was killed by the bringers. Oh, dang. And they get into this fight, and mm-hmm. they're just about to, like, start talking out when Jack comes up and me like, hey, we got some information about Kern. Ooh. Saying that he's close by. okay. And we're going to go after him. Oh, okay. So they run up, and they're on the other side of this little uh, river. Mm-hmm. And they start, like, exchanging words okay. and again like page 117 this is really hammering it in these are our bad guys people <laughs> look over here they're bad that you trandy who are you the ones that killed sweet claire lord she was a fighter i wish we could spirit a time to get acquainted oh my god these are our bad guys people <laughs> see he wanted to Fucker. <laughs> He's extra bad. He's extra bad. <laughs> I enjoy an author who puts time into making you almost sympathetic for the With bad it. person mm-hmm. instead of just like, ooh, I wonder what bad thing I can just pile onto this character to also, make sure that they know he's bad. Also, he kicks puppies. He kicks puppies. He harasses widows. <laughs> And his people tortured this person and wanted to rape them. Like, yeah, everything's yeah, bad. bad. We get it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> enough bad stuff. Enough bad stuff. So he is just being, next few pages, he's being reminded about, like, his time spent with Lucy. And he's, he's honestly just, like, he's tore up about it. Mm. And Melanie's kind of like, probing him just like what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and he we learned that all this happened just three years prior oh so the wound's still really fresh on him yeah and he's not the type to open up about like what's going on yeah so that's like a nice little timeline Mm -hmm. of what's happening and oh my god (laughs) <laughs> so she's talking to him, trying to get him to open up, and he's just like, no, just leave me alone. I want to, like, be alone to my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And again, the character dialogue. I have written down what? <laughs> what? <laughs> when does my best dramatic reading. Oh, yes. Oh, for God's sakes, please stop, Melanie cried. This is tearing you apart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Amazing. 
And the Academy Award. Thank you. Goes to... Like, who speaks like that? For best dramatic reading Thank of you. a porn novel. Aw, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I want to thank the Academy. I would like to thank the Academy. But, like, if your partner uh, is having a rough time dealing with something in your past... You don't tell them to stop. You'd be like, hey, I realized something, like, happened. Right. And I know that you're not really wanting to talk about this moment. Mm-hmm. But just know that I'm here when you're ready to talk about it. Not Totally. Oh, for God's sakes, please stop. This is tearing you apart. Ugh, right? Just, like, adding drama to it. Yes, thank you. Exactly. And then we get a nice little explanation of what happened to Lucy. Tate says, I saw Lucy swinging from the crossbar of her ranch. She was dangling from a large wooden girder. Our child, my beautiful Lucy, hanging there like she was nothing, just a thing to discard. Mm. So he saw that they hung his wife. Ooh, yeah. And that he just barely got away. Mm-hmm. And they have like a nice little touching get to know you section. And then 132. Again, like, the verbiage of describing a French kiss. I'm not going to make you do it this time. No, thank you. (laughs) I just edited that episode, and, like, (laughs) listening to it, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. He slipped his tongue inside her parted mouth and danced with hers in a mating ritual of sorts. (laughs) I can just, like, imagine the cuckoo bear, like, bird or something <laughs> just like dancing around with like feathers right popped just like you want some fuck <laughs> becky oh, becky oh, you want no. some fuck you want some fuck <laughs> blue yellow you like blue no blue blue <laughs> becky blue oh my gosh i love that video i haven't seen it in so long and then uh, they do the do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it was like my last book I read, mm-hmm. The uh, Rogue King. I, uh, I'm sorry, I cannot remember the name of the author at the moment. She went hard at describing that. Right. She like, she went in absolute detail describing that. This little this little blip. It was like two pages. Right. The other one, it was like nine pages. <laughs> yeah. And it's just... It's like there's no in between. No, there isn't. Honestly, it was not even like two... It's like... Maybe, maybe a page and a half. Yeah. Like, what person reading this that's like into that... That's nothing! Right, exactly. That is nothing. I had to read for a hundred and thirty-two pages <laughs> to get to a page and a half to get to that, and it's the only like time in the book that Whoa. there's any like description of it. Any other time they did do it, it's just like they did it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's like I don't know a cop out. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> 
Read this romance novel. Read this romance novel. It's, it's like be... two saucy pages. It's going to be so nice. <laughs> You're definitely not going to hate it. Oh, I forgot. So when they got into that little shootout, mm-hmm. he's able to cross the river and wound one of them to mm. the point that they're able to take him back into town. Oh, and his wow. name was um, Earl. Earl. His name was Earl. It's the perfect so, bad guy name. The perfect bad, bad guy name. So Earl is currently in their jail, and they're sort of keeping him as bait mm-hmm. to lure in Kern. So a nice little description of the after. And the next morning they're talking about, like, we're going to build this house for us. Mm-hmm. A bean mansion? bean mansion. No. And she says something that just really upset me. She says in this house, can we get indoor plumbing? <laughs> no. You were in 1881 <laughs> in Texas. In the middle of an outlaw town. You're not going to have indoor plumbing. No, you cannot. <laughs> You want- Sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go through the uh, little timeline of indoor plumbing and United States up until this point, okay? Pull up a chair. It's time for history lesson. It's with time Nikki. for a history lesson with Nikki because this upset me so much. Yes, tell me about indoor plumbing. Okay, I will. Yes. So, 1840, just okay. about 39 years prior. Right. No. Let's just say 30, it's, 40 years prior. Let's say it's 40 years prior. Mm-hmm. You have the first water closet, as they called it, in Boston. Oh, wow. Okay. First of its kind in the Americas. Mm-hmm. You cannot convince me, only 40 years later, that in the middle of bumfuck Texas, <laughs> that they are going to have <laughs> indoor plumbing. No When way. at this point, probably only the very rich and elite... Have plumbing in their houses. Yeah, like in the cities. <laughs> in the cities. Not in the middle of a town where literally everyone is an outlaw. Where are you going to put your sewers? Where's your sewers? Hope Crossing. Sir. Where are you going to put your shit? Where's the sewage department? Where's Hope the sewage crossing? department? You are not connected to the government at this point because half of the citizens in your towns are outlaws <laughs> running from the law, okay? Right. You cannot convince me that in 1881 mm-hmm. that somebody building their own house in the middle of bumfuck Texas <laughs> right. is going to have indoor plumbing. Building their own house. Building like, their own on house. on top of it. Where, where's the plumber's union who's going to do that plumbing for you? <laughs> where is it, Hope Springs? Where is it? Where are you going to... Oh, yeah. Where are you going to get your piping from? <laughs> oh, interesting. Where's you your, didn't think about that? Where's your electricity coming from oh, to you power your pumping system? Oh, you got an old windmill? I don't think so. <laughs> 1881? I'm uh-uh. sure in places in Texas still there's not indoor plumbing. Uh-uh. <laughs> right. All right, there's probably still using outhouses. You want to know why? I know. I think this. Why? Because my great grandmother born in like the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Her house still had an outhouse. Right. Because she wasn't. She didn't have that much money. Right. It was like. Just like, no. No, you people in that generation remember getting electricity like mm-hmm. to their house. Melanie, 
You ain't getting a toilet with flushing in your flushing in your house that you're building in a town that's not on a map. Melanie, get your mind right. Get your expectations right. Oh my god. What are you thinking? <sighs> Idiot. <laughs> How dare you? Don't you don't you breathe bringing that stuff over here? <laughs> don't you realize that your actions have consequences? I'm sorry, that's that's that just that just burn your biscuits. That just burn my biscuits because don't be talking to me about plumbing. Right. Come on. I work in a hardware store. <laughs> should be bringing like a little shit over here. Who do you think you're talking to? Who do you think you're talking to? So I'm going to be skipping a pretty large section. Okay. And honestly, not that much is happening. But I'm going to be skipping right to when the kids are putting on their little circus. Oh, yay. So they were able to... Yeah, they were able to capture a bunch of animals and train them. And they had a great time with this one raccoon. That's been getting out of his cage and setting all the other animals free. And oh. basically causing, like, havoc around the town. <sighs> I think I would have shot the thing. So confused. <laughs> so they're putting on... Like, <laughs> they're putting on their little performance. And, like, uh-huh. yay, it's so cute. <laughs> and there's this one little girl. She was orphaned and she was brought to the town and... A couple's taking care of her mm-hmm. as her adopted parents. Okay. And she's blind. She's blind? She's blind. Okay. So they have a piece of wood and two uh, saw horses. Do you know what saw horses yeah. are? Okay. They have two saw horses mm-hmm. and she's like doing a little balancing beam act. This blind this chick? Blind chick. Oh my god. So she's actually doing pretty good at it. She's like, mm-hmm. she's keeping herself up there, she's not falling. And of course, we gotta we gotta hammer down that the bringers are bad people. So Earl, <laughs> even now, yes. So Earl and his cage, his outdoor cage, because that's how they built their uh, little sheriff department, just to have outdoor cages. <laughs> like his, he's in his jail cell. Yeah, watching the circus. Yeah. So page one sixty six. Earl. Um, is watching this little blind girl trying to, like, scoot her way across. Everyone's just, like, being really supportive of her. Just like, you can do it! You can do it! Mm-hmm. <laughs> says, suddenly, Earl Bringer bellowed from his iron cage, Fall! Fall! <laughs> oh my god! Is that a joke? <laughs> and then fall! I wrote, and fall! Then, fall! And then I wrote down, do a flip! <laughs> and, <laughs> yes! In the book. Do a flip. It's just Dude. like, again, we got to really hammer it down. These are bad guys, everybody. Look, he's yelling at a little he's blind girl. Bad. He's, oh my God. he's yelling at a little blind girl to fall. <laughs> and honestly, at that point, I had like a spiritual connection with her. <laughs> <laughs> right? Fall. Fall. I'd be the fall. Jack, I would be the jackass doing that. Oh, oh my gosh. These are bad people. These are bad people. So some people go over and shut Earl up from yelling at this little girl to fall. That's good. And they finish their uh, circus with applause and parades and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, the kids had a good time. Town had a good little time. And then they have, like, a week later, the town throws a dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
page uh, 180. We're almost there. We have, like, mm-hmm. two more little uh, <laughs> blips that I want to talk about. Okay. Again, verbiage. He sees Melanie in this, lo- in this nice dress that he bought her. He says, I have a hankering to get you naked, Miss Trinity. Ew. I got a hankering. Ew. I got a hankering. I got a hankering to get you naked. That's nasty, dude. Mm-hmm. I got a hankering. I got a hankering to see you without your clothes on. Ugh. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, God. <laughs> Who talks like that? Nobody. Nobody. And then, oh, I forgot to mention, um, before they put their dance on, the Legend family comes into town. Oh, the good guys. The good the good family. Okay. And they bring them a bunch of cattle. Okay. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Every good Texas town is going to need a bunch of t- cattle. Bunch of cattle. And the Legend family is, like, getting acquainted with everyone mm-hmm. in town, and they're learning, like, who the bringers are. Bunch okay. of all these bad people, mm-hmm. and they they offer to help them to get rid of these people and to like sort of bring justice. Okay. And everything's everything's happening at this dance, and then after the dance, Melanie finally decides, you know, I can't keep this secret anymore. I need to tell Tate. Mm-hmm. I almost said it. <laughs> Tate, good save. Thank you. You don't need a drink, <laughs> Tate. About this deal that I made with the judge. Okay. So she does that, and everything blows in, back into her face because he gets okay. really mad at her. Okay, okay. And, like, honestly, I'd probably be mad, too, if right. I found out that the woman that I was falling in love with mm-hmm. actually just came here to try and find this money that I stole and then to turn me in. Right. But she can't yeah. go. she can't go through with it anymore because she loves him. Right. It's kind of like... Uh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, basically. So he gallops off, and she's just like, oh no, what am I going to do? Like, I love him now. I can't go through this. How am I supposed to save my sister? And then he, everything, like, calms back down. Mm. And just like, okay, let's figure out what we're going to do. That's good. She tells Stoker Legend, who is, like, the main man oh, of the okay. Legend household, Okay. About what happened. And he offers to help her. To help mm-hmm. get her sister out of jail. Mm-hmm. Because he's just like, hey, this is going above and beyond what a judge is allowed to do. Right. So I'm going to get, like, the governor of Texas involved along with the Texas marshal Ooh. to kick this guy out of his office. Because mm-hmm. obviously he's not doing a good job. Right. He is being corrupted. Nice. So, yeah. I really awesome. I liked the legends. Because yeah. they're genuinely good people and, like, who are trying to help. They have, like, the connections, they have, you know, They have the too, good connections. they can make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And the next morning, they get together, and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure out, like, what we're going to do when yeah. he re- when the legends receive a telegram saying that, hey, your ranch is on fire. You need Ooh, to go back God. home. So they're just like, we can't do this. We unfortunately have to leave town, so you're going to have to do this by yourself. But we've already written a letter to, like, the Grand Marshal explaining okay. everything. So you have some chips that you now hold over the judge. Okay, cool. And at the same time, uh, Tate... <laughs> <laughs> drink. <laughs> Tate 
uh, realizes where uh, Kern is. And they're starting to make plans to go get them. Okay. And two, Kern makes his move. Mm. And the town is like, it has natural protection around it. Mm-hmm. And after the legends... The bluffs. Yeah, the bluffs. And after the legends leave, mm-hmm. uh, Kern, it's like a few days after, Kern wrangles all their cattle to stampede through town. Ooh. Which opens up the blockade that they had because prior, Kern was like shooting from outside. Oh, really? Yeah, they had like snipers. Mm-hmm. So they're shooting from outside, the uh, citizens build a blockade, and then Kern rides cattle through the blockade to get mm-hmm. into the town. Mm. And then, uh, really just to hammer into each of the bad guys, <laughs> Kern steals Becky. Oh, no, Becky! Mm-hmm. No, he steals Becky. So he runs into town. Uh, Melanie is out on the porch because she's just like, what's going on? Because, like, mm-hmm. it's the middle of the day. Right. Runs into town, and he just swipes Becky. <gasps> Swiper, no swiping. Oh, no! <laughs> And oh, they, Becky. They take off. So Tate immediately goes off after him. After getting... So Tate immediately goes off after him along with some other men to try mm-hmm. and get Becky back after he was patched up by the doctor because he was grazed by a bullet. Oh, okay. So they settle up and they start riding after them. Mm-hmm. I've experienced a few uh, roadblocks because they left a few people behind to act as... Like, slow down, because they knew that Tate was going to be coming after them. Oh, okay. Same time, Melanie receives a uh, telegram from the judge saying, you have two days to get the money here to get Tate here before I kill your sister. Oh, gosh. And her father comes into town. Ooh, Melanie's father? Mm -hmm. Oh, the bastard? The jackass, yes. So Melanie's father comes into town. Uh, It was a few days prior before Mm -hmm. uh, Kern... Ran the cattle into town. Mm-hmm. So she's just like, if you want to prove yourself to be a father now, mm-hmm. you're coming with me to deliver this money that uh, Tate brought back after Melanie told him about everything that was happening. Mm-hmm. So they ride out and they make a plan to give the judge half now and mm-hmm. then half later. Of course, right before that, uh, Mac, who, which was his name, tries to leave with the money Oh, you the know. dad? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I what get, a dick. I get <laughs> um, Sorry, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry, sweetheart. I just need to borrow your horse that's laden down with, I think at this point it was like a thousand silver or something. Wow. Just, you know, driving in a 14-year-old making sure that you know he's jackass. Who's good and who's bad. Mm-hmm. So they get back to Canadian, Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good name. The place to be. The place to be. And also, a day before, Tate... Oh, I almost said it. <laughs> Close call. Close call. Everything is sort of happening, like, simultaneously at this point. Okay. Tate arrives in town, mm-hmm. finds out that Becky is in their, like, little hideout that's mm-hmm. just... Outside of town. Yeah. Finds out, of course, Kern is being rough with her. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he, he hit her. Oh, Because no. she bit him. Oh, Becky. Becky, no. And they're making plans to mm-hmm. ride into this uh, compound. Okay. 
He rides into the compound, and he trades himself for Becky. Aww. So now he is in the middle of a viper's den. Right. Um, Melanie's plans are already gone off. She has made a deal with the judge to actually only give him a quarter now because she used the leverage that she had over him that the legends gave her, saying that the Grand Marshal is probably already on his way to arrest you right. for being for corruption. So you should, like, take this, take what I give you and leave? Yeah, take thing. what I give you and leave and give me my sister back. Oh, okay. So she's like, okay, okay, fine, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to meet us tonight with the other part of the money and we'll have your sister. And she's just like, fuck that. Right. You're going to be my sister right now. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay, but she's really sick, so I have to go get her. Mm-hmm. She's just like, you're going to kill my sister. I'm going to follow you. Right. So she goes and follows him with her dad. They uh, go to his house. Mm-hmm. Her dad's a- able to sme- sneak in by acting like a hobo gambler. Oh, okay. She sneaks in, find her sister. Her sister's hopped up on morphine that the judge has been giving her. Mm. And they're able to get out. Okay. She uh, shoots and kills the judge mm-hmm. because the judge was at that point coming after her. Mm-hmm. So judge is dead. Yay, judge. Cool. Judge is dead. Awesome. Bye, judge. Hey, that judge. And now she is hiding out in a local's house, mm-hmm. taking care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And it reminds her of this point that they're staying at another person's house when she was really younger. Mm-hmm. And it says, A memory floated into Melanie's mind. She had been a 10-year-old and had gone to play with another girl. The girl's father, killed by a robber, had been laid out on the table. Mm-hmm. The mother had gathered water and cloth to bathe the body. She shooed them out and locked the door, and Melanie had later learned that it was custom to ready someone for burial. Mm. So, she has learned that Tate has been taken by these people, and she's just like, he's gonna die. Right. So, oh, jeez. So bringers, she's, like, getting ready. If Bringer's bullet found Tate, it would be her duty to bathe him. She lovingly washed every inch of his body as her heart broke. Ew. That's so creepy to think about. Yeah, he's not really even is, dead. He's not, she, yeah, she doesn't know if he's actually dead yet. She's already thinking about, like, I gotta wash him. I gotta wash every inch of that dead body. I gotta wash every inch of that dead body. You hear dead that? Dead body. Dead body. Maybe stop perving over there. <laughs> okay, speed around, getting to our last little note. Boom, boom, boom. So she just, she makes a plan. To get everyone in there because she's going to uh, go in being like, let me see my husband. Let me see my husband. Let me mm-hmm. at least say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And she's going to sneak two guns under her skirt nice. along with a knife. Sweet. And other people, once they hear like everything popping off, they're going to rush in. Because oh, okay. at this point, the legends are back. Yay! Mm-mm. Save the day. Legends are back and they're going to be offering them some assistance. Sweet. So she's able to get in. She sees that he's like beaten nearly half to death. Mm-hmm. And she's able to get the guard out of the room just long enough because she's just like, you know, if you want to have some fun with me, you're going to have to give me some water because I love my skin when it's all moist. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> just anything to get yeah. him out. Just anything to get him out of the room. Right, exactly. So she rushes over, starts cutting the rope that's tying him up, mm-hmm. and she's able to sneak him a gun. Sweet. And everything starts popping off. Yeah. They start killing everybody. Yay. And the house that they were in gets set ablaze, and Kern, who's right near the house, mm-hmm. it topples on top of him, 
and it starts burning him alive. Ooh, nice. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Again, this is our bad guy. He's burning. Yay! He's burning. He's burning. <laughs> and he's able to just get up, and he's pointing a gun at uh, Tate. Okay. Who, like, he can't really do anything at this moment, because he's, he's, his gun is at his hip, mm, not pointing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Melanie, like, 50 yards away, she shoots him. <laughs> oh, dang. All right. She shoots Kern, which uh, takes his attention off of Tate just long enough for Tate to shoot the gun out of his hand mm. and then to shoot Kern. So oh. Kern's finally dead. Finally. hmm Finally, finally. And page 320, we get on my last little note, and it's just, it's like a funny little verbiage again. So everything is done and over with, and the sheriff of Canadian Texas <laughs> is being arrested because he didn't make it out in time to get mm. away from the marshal. Ooh, okay. Says, me and McClure almost got away with it. Uh-huh. If it wasn't for you meddling kids, me and McClory would have gotten away with it. <laughs> right? If it wasn't for you meddling kids and your dog, too. It literally says, and your and your sneaky little raccoon, too. On the way out the door, quit men steer at Melanie. Me and McClory almost got away with it. Uh, you can't plagiarize from Scooby-Doo. You can't plagiarize from Everyone Scooby-Doo. Everyone knows it. That's a Scooby-Doo line. And then, like, they go back to How the... How dare you disrespect Scooby-Doo in that way? Don't you dare disrespect <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I'm then, over this. <laughs> yes. That, that was the final that straw. That was the final straw. And then they go home and live happily ever after with Ava. And Yay. Ava starts to recover. And, and Becky. And Becky. Becky. And those little shithead twins. Yep. And that was the amazing retelling of The Mail Order Bride's Secret by Linda Borday. That was fantastic. Thank you. I'm so... Yes, I'm very pleased. I took the hat off. That was super fun, honestly. (laughs) Well... Oh, I'm tired now. Yeah. It's a draining experience. Now I have to go to therapy after this. (laughs) I'm gonna be so tired. (laughs) I just want everyone else to try to read a book and then retell it. Yeah. It's hard. It is. (laughs) Especially, like... Trying to remember everything that happens. Right. Because you can't talk about everything so you have to like do a lot of summarizing and make it all still make sense i mean i'm positive it still doesn't make sense because it doesn't (laughs) because it doesn't because it doesn't (laughs) but yeah that was it took me such a long time to read this book we literally had to push recording back a week because i couldn't finish it this book was i mean it's i mean okay that's the thing about any kind of like crazy weird like i don't know the first book um when i'm gone uh it was like short you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it was like 200 pages and it went super fast this book's like it's hefty it's i think what it is 300 hefty 330 something pages and it's just like it's a lot right but we can discuss that in our yeah. wrap-up episode, which Discussion. will be the next episode. Yes, Tightrope versus Mail Order Bride's Secret. Who is best, girl? Who is best? So this episode is will be March 20th. 
March 20th, yes. And the next episode is going to be coming out on March the 27th. 27th. So right? March 27th is going to be our wrap-up episode. Battle Royale. Battle Royale between our two books. Who's going to win? Probably nobody. <laughs> nobody wins nobody in wins. this scenario. No. 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 But so, I do have a... I have a good feeling about my book this round. I have a good feeling about your book, too. <laughs> so if you haven't already, please uh, give us give us a review on whatever platform that you're listening to. Yeah. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Definitely. Give us some feedback. Um, only good things. Only good things. Again, can't take criticism. Um, If you want to break our hearts, fine, I guess. But that's kind of rude of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and follow our Instagram account where we post memes. Yes. Uh, at Dime Store Duds. Go ahead and follow our Twitter, at Dime Duds. And go ahead, if you have, like, any questions, comments, concerns. Suggestions. Suggestions for books. Email us at dimestoreduds at gmail.com. Again, anything like that will be posted in our show notes. Yes. And until next time. Don't, don't dedicate, dedicate a porno to your son. Thank you.